Pizza, pizza, pizza time. The official pizza of the Shock Fantasy Podcast is 7th Avenue Pizza. This is soda-style thin crust at its absolute best. It's not that crappy thin crust. It's solid crust integrity here. Not too thick, not too thin. The sauce was derived from an ancient recipe passed down from the Norse gods. And the cheese, oh, 100% primo cheese on these pies. You can pick your toppings as well. There's your conventional pepperoni or sausage, but there's also five cheese, Mexican, meatball, and pepperoni. Even a bacon cheeseburger za for you. My favorite, though, is the Lucky 7. Italian sausage, pepperoni, beef, Canadian bacon, and three types of cheese. Dang it, my mouth is watering just talking about it. I might need to go fire up the oven and make myself one before the podcast. Find your 7th Avenue pizzas at High V Cub Foods, Lunds and Byerly's, and Holiday Station stores. And go follow them on Twitter at 7th Avenue Pizza. Let them know Shock Fantasy steered you toward their amazing za. Now, first off, how would we describe Shock? <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shock Fantasy Podcast for 2022. Oh, my gosh. We're back again. Backstreet's back. All right. Uh, If you don't know who I am, I'm Matt Harrison. Uh, I'm also the co-host on Fantasy Football Weekly, and the Shock Fantasy Podcast kind of serves as a complimentary podcast to Fantasy Football Weekly. We do two shows a week. I do two shows a week. It's not a we. It's an I. Uh, on Tuesdays, I have the Waiver Wire podcast, which you're about to hear right now. Pick up your favorite players. I give you all my recommendations. And again, if you want to read that, you can subscribe to Shock Fantasy and become a subscriber there. Uh, if you use the promo code PODCAST22, PODCAST22, all one word, you get a full year of Shock Fantasy for just 22 bucks. Uh, That's the Super Dash, that's the Trade Value Charts, that's the Prop Bet Games, and this will even bleed into next year, and you'd be able to get cheat sheets for all the upcoming 2023 season, because it's a full 365-day subscription. That's pretty cool. So on Tuesdays, we have the Waiver Wire podcast and the Waiver Wire article posts on Shock Fantasy. On Wednesdays, we'll do the Thursday night football game preview and we'll do that fantasy football weekly style except charge isn't here so there are pluses and minuses yeah baby (laughs) yes there are pluses and minuses um available at shock fantasy you get the super dash every week that's my big chart that has all sorts of stats all sorts of number crunching and it's got a little formula to come up with who's got the best play every week includes some DraftKings pricing. It includes uh, some of the over-unders and implied totals. Lots of, lots of work went into making the Super Dash as awesome as possible. It's a great tool for setting your weekly lineups in seasonal or DFS. Of course, we have the trade value charts. The new Dynasty trade value chart just dropped earlier this morning. Uh, a lot of overreactions to... 
people having a terrible day, people having a wonderful day, but the trade value chart is there to help you make those great trades in your dynasty league. And of course, the prop bet games. I do a prop bet game for Thanksgiving. I do a prop bet game for the Super Bowl. I even do a prop bet game for the NFL draft. Those are printable games. You print them off, you play them with your friends and family, and they're absolutely awesome to play. I do special ones of those just for my subscribers. However, my prop bet game is now an app too. That's right. It's an app and it's an app at the company I work for, which is called Sports Hub and League Safe. Uh, you may be familiar with League Safe. Uh, Charge founded League Safe a long time ago. I was with League Safe for a long time. I went back there this this last year. Uh, I'm back at League Safe, and we created the app League Safe Locks. And it's basically my prop bet game in an app form. It's totally free to play, which is awesome. And you can win up to a thousand dollars every week. In fact, in week one. A single player won the whole $1,000 jackpot because it's just the top score gets the 1000 bucks every week. And if it splits, it splits however many ways. But one guy hit it all. His, his username was Ray. Ray walked away with $1,000 this week. There's 10 questions every week. They're all multiple choice. Just pick your best answer. Look at the points to see uh, which answers are favored or which answers are long shots. If you get the answer right, you get those points. If you miss the answer, you don't get any points for that question, but you move on to the next one. Whoever gets the most points in any given week wins the $1,000 jackpot or a share of it, as it may be. I write all the questions. It's super fun. Week two is available now. Just search League Safe in your preferred app plaza. That's my new lingo I'm coming up with, the App Plaza, which is like the App Store or Google Play, depending on what kind of phone you have. It's an app-based game. Totally free to play, totally free to download. I suggest you take a look at it right now. Now it's time for what we do to start off the Waiver Wire podcast, and that's the Todd Heap Memorial Injury Report. You suck, you jackass. You know who sucks? Well, Dak Prescott, he sucks right now because he's got thumb surgery on the docket and he's out. I've heard anywhere from three to four weeks to six to eight weeks. It could be anything from three weeks to eight weeks. It's probably on the longer side, though. Dak Prescott going to be missing some time. Mac Jones had a back injury in week one. It looks like he's cleared of major injury, but could possibly miss some time due to back soreness. Keep an eye on that one. Najee Harris looks like he has the dreaded high ankle sprain or possibly a foot injury, depending on which news outlet you like more. He said he's going to play on Sunday against the Pats, but it sounded like two to three weeks from other sources. We're going to see how this one plays out. I bet he doesn't go this week for sure. Elijah Mitchell has a sprained MCL. He's going to miss around eight weeks on that one. Uh, So he's definitely out this week. J.K. Dobbins, I'm just mentioning J.K. Dobbins because we thought he might play going into week one. He was inactive, though, as he returns from last season's knee injury. That one could be pesky, so let's keep an eye on that one for a little bit. Uh, Keenan Allen came up with a hamstring strain. He probably won't go because the Chargers play Thursday night against the Chiefs, and I'll preview that matchup uh, tomorrow on the podcast. Chris Godwin. He's got a hamstring injury as well, and it looks like he's going to miss a few weeks. Not really sure if it's related to the knee, uh, but sometimes those lower body injuries can kind of compound when things don't go right. 
T. Higgins had a concussion in week one. We're going to have to keep an eye on him this week as he tries to clear concussion protocol. Uh, and finally, for the wide receivers, Wandale Robinson, uh, he had a knee injury. He's the second or third wide receiver for the Giants, depending on how you view the depth chart. Uh, the Giants are pretty tight-lipped on this one, but not a lot of people were starting him in standard fantasy rosters anyway. But if you're in a deeper league, keep an eye on Wandale Robinson. Uh, a couple of other injuries that may affect fantasy. Connor McGovern, the Cowboys offensive lineman, left with an ankle injury last week. That's not good. Their offensive line was like falling apart, and that doesn't help them at all. And then Packers guard John Runyon, he left the game against Minnesota in week one with a concussion. Let's see how he does this week. That's another offensive line that's uh, kind of uh, duct-taped and band-aided together right now. All right, now we move on to the positions, and we start with quarterback. Thank you to Brandon Molesky for that crazy sounder. Uh, Cooper Rush, he's rostered in 4% of sleeper leagues. He's going to be the DAC fill-in for a month, maybe two months, or until the Cowboys acquire another quarterback. Now, last year in his one-spot start, he was pretty good. Uh, went 24 for four, of 40 for 325 yards and two touchdown passes against the Vikings. In his relief effort the other day, he was only 7 for 13 for 64 yards, but it was against a pretty tough Bucks defense, and the Cowboys were really trying to come back, so there was a little bit of press going there. Uh, the Cowboys' upcoming schedule looks like this. Since he is in Dallas this week, then the Cowboys are at the Giants. They have Washington at home then at the Rams and at the Eagles. So he'll have probably two startable opportunities in there in super flex leagues or two QB leagues. Uh, that's the, against the Giants and the Commanders. So in super flex, he's probably worth a 6% bid because he is startable there. In single quarterback leagues, I don't think we pick up Cooper Rush. The only other quarterback on the docket this week that might be available in your fantasy leagues that kind of had an eye-popping day was Marcus Mariota. He's 17% rostered. If you're one of those fantasy players who loves rushing quarterbacks and you spent a ton of draft capital on Trey Lance, I'd like to fit you into a Mazda Marcus Mariota here. Mariota had 12 carries. 72 yards and a score on the ground last week against the Saints. He also threw the ball 33 times and ended up with 215 yards through the air. No passing touchdowns, but no picks either. He, he played it pretty safe. The problem is the upcoming schedule for the Falcons is absolutely brutal. They're at the Rams, at the Seahawks, Cleveland at home, at Tampa, San Francisco at home, and at Cincy. And out of those six games... He's probably only startable in the Seattle game, and that's in Seattle, so that'll be tough too. He'll probably be running for his life, though, and he might be the only offense Atlanta really has. I'm not sure that it's going to go through the running backs at all there as much as Cordero Patterson had a lot of touches in that game. So I'll throw a couple bucks on Mariota in Superflex if he's available. Uh, he's not rosterable in a single quarterback league. And keep an eye on Desmond Ritter because – if the Falcons go through those next six games, and those are tough games, and they come out of it one and five, one and six, somewhere in there, it's probably Desmond Ritter time in the near future. Let's move on to the next position, and that is running back. Isaiah Pacheco is 
39% rostered in sleeper leagues. He had only 16 snaps in week one. Now he had 12 carries for 62 yards and a score on those 16 snaps. So it's obvious that Pacheco will be on the field in situations where they want him to touch the ball. But what's not obvious, will he be asked to be on the field in pass protection situations? Or was the Arizona game so much of a blowout that Pacheco just found extra touches in that game because all of his touches were carries? If you want to get him, you're probably going to have to spend 20%. That's just how it goes. I don't know if I'd go that high, especially since Clyde Edwards-Elaire is there, and he had a lot of touches in that game. Ronald Jones is there. He's going to be a factor. My recommendation would be to spend closer to 10 to 12%, and if your league is just sleeping at the wheel, maybe you'll get him down there. I don't think I'd spend a, you know, a fifth or a quarter of my budget on Pacheco in week one. Jeff Wilson is 20% rostered, and he will be the fill-in for Elijah Mitchell for a while, unless Tyrion Davis-Price and or Jordan Mason could fill in too. And in deeper leagues, all of these three should probably be rosters because the Niners are a hot-hand team. If Wilson comes out and he plays super well, he's probably going to keep the job. If TDP... Tyrion Davis-Price, or Jordan Mason come out and look good, they'll probably get some play too. Coming up next week is Seattle. That's a pretty decent matchup, followed by Denver, the Rams, and the Panthers. And none of those three were, or sorry, all of those three were in the top 10 run defenses last year, Denver, the Rams, and the Panthers. So my apprehension is that any of these guys could take over the backfield out of nowhere, like Elijah Mitchell did last year when everybody thought it was going to be, oh my gosh, I totally forgot the guy's name. Who was the other guy that everybody picked up last year? Now it's going to bug me, whatever. Uh, and Raheem Mostert, he took the job before before Elijah Mitchell did. So Wilson will take you probably 9% of your fab budget to grab. He's Got the uh, he's the odds-on favorite to take that job and probably keep that job, but Tyrion Davis, Price, and Mason should probably be on rosters in deeper leagues. If you have a deep bench, pick them up. Uh, each of them will only cost a buck, and I'd rather roster one of those lower-priced guys than I think I would Wilson right now. Daryl Henderson is. 74% rostered, and that's a little bit above what we normally go on the waiver wire show. But that means he's available in a quarter of leagues out there, and that should probably be closer to 100%. Henderson had 82% of the Rams running back snaps in week one. He also had 18 touches versus three for Cam Akers. And then there was the viral video of Cam Akers looking at an oncoming pass rusher in week one and just noping his way right out of there, allowing a hit on Stafford. And plus that Achilles thing for Akers, that's real. He's not yet ready, it seems. It wouldn't surprise me if Akers is inactive for a game or two just to you know kind of get his head right and make sure that he's ready to go. So that means it's Henderson's backfield, maybe by himself, and he's available in a quarter of leagues. I dropped 17% on him. Um, I think Henderson could last longer as kind of a bell cow in that offense than, than many people think. So I think 17%, he's, if he's available in your league, you got to pick him up and you got to go heavy. 
Rex Burkhead is 14% rostered. He had 71% of the snaps for the Houston Texans in week one. 14 rushing attempts was tied for the 10th most in the league amongst running backs in week one. And his eight targets were tied for fifth most among running backs. So Rex Burkhead was one of the heaviest usage running backs in the league in week one. Now, this is not me advocating for you to pick up Burkhead here. This is me advocating for you to trade for Damian Pierce if his manager is freaking out about the limited snaps and touches because Burkhead had 22 opportunities, and that's going to flip to Pierce pretty soon. You can drop two bucks on Burkhead if you want him, and you can probably get him, but do you want to start Rexy at any time soon with the impending piercing he's about to get? I don't think so. Kenyon Drake is the last running back on the docket here. He's 15% rostered. He led the running backs with 33 total snaps over Mike Davis's seven and Justice Hill's 11 last week. And I mentioned J.K. Dobbins earlier in the show. He's somewhat close to a return. That's a little cloudy right now. But off of his ACL, he's definitely going to be on a pitch count even if he does come back. Lamar Jackson wasn't confident that J.K. could play last week, so I imagine that Dobbins is probably a little bit further out than maybe he anticipated, maybe the Ravens staff anticipated. I think Lamar Jackson just kind of let that go a little sneaky, and, and we gleaned a little information there. So that leaves Kenyon Drake as the top dog for the next week, two weeks, maybe a month. The Ravens complete their tour of the AFC East over the next three weeks. They started with the Jets in week one, then they get Miami next week, then at New England and home for Buffalo. Now, none of those matchups coming up are very favorable on paper, so I'd probably just throw a dollar or two on Kenyon Drake if you're desperate for some running back help. Maybe you had Elijah Mitchell, and maybe you had Cam Akers, and maybe you had J.K. Dobbins or Najee Harris, and you need some help. Kenyon Drake is someone who can fill in for you for a little while. All right, we're moving on. Wide receiver. Josh Palmer, who is 29% rostered, plays for the Los Angeles Superchargers. And DeAndre Carter is his running mate. He is 0% rostered. Now, Keenan Allen's likely to miss the Thursday game against the Chiefs. Uh, Last week, Josh Palmer had 50 snaps. DeAndre Carter had 25 snaps. Of course, Carter was the one with the big touchdown catch, so there's a few extra eyes on him right now. Both will be dart throw startable on Thursday night in what should be a shootout. At least we hope it's a shootout. Now noted, I like Palmer a lot more in this one, and I'll review his status, his starting status tomorrow on the podcast. Carter is a weird Hail Mary kind of a throw on a Thursday. Nobody really throws Hail Marys in the first quarter of a fantasy game either. So I'd spend 8% on Palmer because I believe there. I'd only spend a buck on Carter, but Palmer's the guy you want to get because if Keenan Allen's going to miss any significant time, Palmer's the guy who's going to see the biggest uptick in targets. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he is 69% rostered. Nice. Nice. He led the Chiefs wideouts with 51 snaps last week, 73% of them. Uh, Only end up seeing four targets, but caught all four of them for 44 yards. That seems like, if I'm doing my math correctly, about 11 yards per catch. Now, 
Valdez Scantling's going to be the guy who will have one big blow up 40 to 50 yard touchdown grab every three games or so. So you're going to get the four for 44 out of Valdez Scantling sometimes, but then add in 50 yards more, another catch and a touchdown. And all of a sudden he's a very viable fantasy option. It's probably going to happen this week too. So I think you should nab him now for two bucks if he's available in your league and get ahead of it a little bit. He's only available in 31% of the leagues though. Jahan Dotson is a Washington commander. So is Curtis Samuel. Dotson is rostered in 55% of leagues. Samuel in only 12%. Now Dotson had an 88% snap count last week. Caught two touchdown passes. That's awesome but he only had three catches on five targets. On the other hand, Samuel was on the field for 71% of the snaps. That's still a pretty high amount. Samuel saw 11 targets, eight catches, 55 yards. He had a touchdown himself, but he also had four rushing attempts for 17 yards. Now, people are probably going to spend more to get dots in this week because of the two touchdowns. I'd spend more this week on Samuel because of the usage because you won't find many wide receivers who get 15 opportunities in any game. 11 targets plus four rushing attempts, that's 15 opportunities. That's what Samuel had last week. Even if that drops down to 10, that's fine. I'll take that. You would want a guy who gets 10 targets in a game. If you get rushing numbers in there, that's fine too. So I'll drop 12% on Curtis Samuel and hope he stays in this role. Hope he stays healthy because he had a bad year last year with that. You could throw 7% on Dotson if you want to as well. Uh, Carson Wentz looks like he's going to be a YOLO passer this year and chuck it up. Four touchdown passes, two picks in that game. I think you're going to see a lot of that out of Carson Wentz this year. Devin Duvernay is 20% rostered. Was only on the field for just over half of Baltimore snaps last week and only caught four passes on four targets. He just happened to score on two of them. And I feel like we've seen this before in Baltimore. A wide receiver has a huge week one, doesn't get enough work the rest of the way to be a fantasy stud. That was Hollywood for many years. Sammy Watkins before that. I'm not going to bid on Duvernay at all. I'm going to use him in the right DFS spots, but I don't think that he's a guy I want on my traditional rosters. Donovan Peoples-Jones is 12% rostered. 11 targets from Jacoby Brissett last week. 11. That's a lot. He only ended up with six catches for 60 yards, but those targets are eye-opening for me. Amari Cooper only saw six targets. David Njoku had one target. Now, maybe DPJ was just left open, or maybe there's some chemistry there, but someone is going to catch passes in Cleveland, and why couldn't it be Peeps Jonesy? I'll throw a buck on him because I think that's all it will take in this situation. Two more wide receivers. There's a lot of wide receivers this week that kind of jumped off the page. Kyle Phillips is one of them. He's 3% rostered, and this is a Scott Fish special. He's been talking about him all preseason. Uh, Phillips saw nine targets, six catches, and 66 yards last week. Uh, He had more snaps, targets, and catches than Traylon Burks. And I don't think the Titans will have a wide receiver that finishes the season as a top 24 overall wideout. However, if you're in a super deep league, Phillips could be the guy to lead them in targets this year. He's probably not the favorite over Robert Woods, but it's not a ridiculous call, and he's only a buck for you to grab right now on your fantasy roster. 
Oh, I had two more. I have now. I have two more. I man, I read that wrong. Jeez, hold on. I gotta take a sip. I gotta wet the whistle here. Uh, Greg Dorch. Yeah, Greg Dorch. I hadn't heard of Greg Dorch before this week. Neither had most of you. He's only one percent rostered. He had a 91% snap count in week one. He plays for the Arizona Cardinals, by the way. He had more snaps than A.J. Green last week. He also saw nine targets. Nine times. Nine times. From Kyler Murray, seven catches, 63 yards. Now, Rondale Moore was out for this game, but this is worth monitoring. The cards get Vegas this week, the Rams, and the Panthers after that, and those matchups could each be okay. I don't think Dorch is going to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment in the Rams game. Uh, If Rondale Moore continues to sit due to the injury, Dorch is probably a plug-your-nose-and-play wide receiver, and he'll cost you absolutely nothing right now. He'll cost you $0 if you have $0 bids in your league. Uh, The last wide receiver is Noah Brown, who's 3% rostered. He plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Saw 88% of the Cowboys' wide receiver snaps in Week 1. Had nine targets. Nine times. Nine times. And a few of those came from Cooper Rush, who should be his quarterback for at least the next month. Uh, With Washington and Gallup out for a while, Noah Brown is going to steal the targets everyone thought Jalen Tolbert was going to get. So I think Noah Brown is worth a dollar in your league. Last position. Tight end. David Njoku is 60% rostered, and his roster percentage is about to fall this week off of the one target and one catch that he had last week. However, he was on the field for 89% of the snaps for the Browns this week. He ran 30 routes on 38 dropbacks for Jacoby Brissett, so they're not asking him to stay in and block that much. This is going to show some positive regression very soon, and I think people will drop him this week. If he's available in your league right now, I'd probably grab him for 3%. And if he gets dropped, I'd pick him up. Taysom Hill is 12% rostered. He's going to have weeks where he just breaks fantasy football because now he's a tight end. If he's still listed as a quarterback in your league, you guys need to fix that because he should be tight end only. Um, But he's a tight end who saw only one target, one catch, and two receiving yards last week. However, he had four carries for 81 yards and a rushing touchdown. He'll also occasionally pass the ball because he has been a quarterback in the past. He didn't pass the ball last week, but it's coming. So if you're going to play Taysom Hill, you're not doing it because you're like looking for you know solid numbers every week. He's not for the faint of heart. He's going to be a guy who is a roller coaster of emotion. But if you need a massive upside tight end play, it's probably Taysom Hill. You can throw a 5% bid on him if you want to get him, especially off the big week last week. So I think it'll take 5% for you to nab Taysom Hill. OJ Howard is the final guy we're going to discuss on this podcast this week. He is only 3% rostered. He's on his third team in about six months. Uh, and that's the Houston Texans now. He was wildly efficient for the Texans in week one. He had two targets. He had two catches. He had two touchdowns, and he had 38 yards. He was only on the field for 12 snaps, though. 
which was far behind both Pharaoh Brown and Brevin Jordan in the tight end pecking order. Now, did the Texans figure out they want him on the field more? Did they figure out how to use him perfectly efficiently? Was that pure luck? I think it's probably the pure luck. Uh, I probably won't be bidding on OJ Howard in any of my leagues. Uh, If you want him and you're like, yeah, I'm in on OJ Howard, after two scores, it'll probably cost you something like 4%, but i just throw a buck on him. You might not get him. That's probably okay if you don't get him. But if you need some tight end depth, a couple bucks here and there won't hurt you on OJ Howard. That's it. That's the podcast for the day. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys for listening and share this podcast with your friends. Uh, Leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, Spotify, you know, you know, tell us, tell us what you think of the podcast. And, uh, I, I appreciate everybody listening every time. So, uh, we will see you again tomorrow on the shock fantasy podcast. As we preview the awesome Thursday night football game between the Kansas city chiefs and the Los Angeles Superchargers. We'll see you again next time. <laughs> Get it!